Alright, there we go. There you go. It's time once again for the February 4th, 2022 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review. A vague recollection of the last 168 hours of history broadcasting from the University of California at Irvine on KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kispar. And as always, Uh a star whose chilly sensuality and cerebral approach steals every scene, Mahler, the fake news dog. Oh, I yeah. Today, we'll be talking about things you won't want to miss. Okay. I'm not going anywhere. We're not going to try to... We're not going to depress you, I don't think. We may depress you just because of our lack of talent. <laughs> but other than that, I'm trying not to depress you with bad news. Good. That's kind of hard. Yeah. But we will have a special segment called Mike's Rant. Uh-oh. Yeah. So students, are you are you going to pull up a greatest rant of or are you? No, okay, you're just going to okay, go all right, for all right, it. All right, all right, okay, good. You don't have to if you no, don't no, want uh, to. I may, I may. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah. first, you know, you've lived with some big dogs, haven't you? I, I have. mean, literally dogs that are big. big I'm not being, dogs. you know, yeah. street here or anything like that. You've lived with big dogs. You've lived with little dogs. Do you have a preference? Little dogs. You like little dogs? Yeah. Why is that? Um. Uh, well, there's that's who I'm currently inhab- cohabitating with. What, what about this guy? No, Mahler's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Sorry, Mahler. I wasn't, you know. Actually, I will take that back. I will amend my statement, Senator, yeah. and that to say that the best dog I ever had was a black lab. It was a medium to larger, medium sized dog. What was your black lab's name? That would have been Jason. Jason. Jason was mm. an incredible dog. He really was. And was this uh, when you were a youngster? Uh, I, no, I was probably in my 30s. I lived mm. in Mammoth, and, and uh, he. And Jason, Jason was, was uh, just an incredible dog. Yeah, he really was. On uh, Just smart mm-hmm. and loyal and all those kind of things, but great, great dog. Yeah. How about yourself? I like smaller dogs. Just because I don't have a big place for dogs. I like dogs to be able to run and frolic, yeah. stretch their legs, yeah. and and uh, do all the things that doggies like to do. And here in Irvine, there really isn't any property that is good for a dog, like a lab. It really isn't. You mm. People go out and walk them, but dogs like to have a home that they yeah. can stretch their legs right. in. And it's right. pretty difficult for a big dog. Well, I was living with Jason in Mammoth, Mammoth yeah. Lakes, and... There's no shortage of yeah, places exactly. to run around. Yes, yeah. so there you go. From Smithsonian Magazine, researchers found that part of the dog DNA responsible for small size is older than the variation that contributes to the large size. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the fierceness of dogs, yeah. <laughs> all those good things about dogs, <laughs> the wolf nature of a dog yes. is a small dog. That's the ancestor you go to, the small dog Is ancestor. Is that right? Okay. Not these big lummoxes that, uh, well, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. And he, plus, the, yeah. Yeah, Molly. Yeah. They also have a short fuse, apparently, too. Big dogs? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> uh, ancient DNA. 
Ancient DNA and evidence that the small size variant is present present in small modern-day wolves and coyotes and in foxes suggests that small size is the ancestral version. Mm. As I said, the large dog variant is a relatively recent mutation. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Maybe 50,000 or so years old, which would align it with the uh, last glacial period. Okay. So the wolves during the last, last glacial period, somehow, the, you know, the, that's when the big dogs came up. Yeah. But before then, we had little dogs. Little dogs. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. doesn't mean poodles or anything. That just right. means this kind of strange little right. fuzzy Australian houndish beast. How do you explain a chihuahua? Literally, that is... Breeding. Breeding. Uh-huh. Okay. That's a, that is a... They're looking for smallness. I've, I, I've, they make me nervous. Can I just say this about chihuahuas? I'm sure there are some great chihuahuas out there. I know, but uh-huh. I feel like I might accidentally crush it. So, yeah. You know, just maybe. I feel like it might tear my finger up. <laughs> Not <laughs> off, but just up. You know what I mean? They yeah. just like start shredding yeah. things. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, what about you, Baller? Well, Big dog, <laughs> little dog? What do you think? Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Big uh, dog. Big dog. He likes the big dogs. <laughs> Well, he's got this big redwood forest out behind uh, KUCI here to frolic in. Yeah, that's true. Don't let the campus police know, though. (laughs) He'll be down here in a second. From Mental Floss magazine. Good magazine. You think so? Well, I've read, (laughs) I guess. No, I've read articles from Mental Floss and and enjoyed their... Yeah, uh, me too. Two male Humboldt penguins. That's a type of penguin. They're not up in you know Northern California smoking pot. These are Humboldt penguins. Okay. The two of them who adopted an egg during breeding season are the new foster parents of a fuzzy-haired chick. Of course, so you know they're trying to get cute here at Mental Floss. Fuzzy-haired. The Rosamund Gifford Zoo in Syracuse, New York, where it hatched. Uh, it says it's the first ever same-sex couple to take on this role, and they're doing a great job. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, wow. Two males are taking care of this little uh, chick. Okay. The zoo ha- as a zoo has four years worked to boost the dwindling population of Humboldt penguins in the wild. This species, while can be found off the coast of Chile and Peru and South America, is listed as vulnerable by the International Union for Conservation of Nature. Now, these two male penguins, yeah. their names are Elmer and Lima. Elmer and Lima. Okay. Probably because of the Peru connection with the Humboldt well, penguins. Yeah, uh, exactly. Elmer, I don't know what it's about. Elmer and Lima, uh, the two male penguins from the zoo's colony of 28 birds, were given the egg to incubate and look after by officials who were concerned that heterosexual breeding pairs at the zoo had a history of inadvertently breaking their fertilized eggs. Yeah. I don't know why. Why would that be? I think I know a lot of uh, couples that are heterosexual in the human world that are clumsy <laughs> like that. So what's the chick's name? Does the chick have a name? Apparently not yet. Okay. They're trying to, you know, at the zoo, because the penguins are just going, <laughs> like that. They, they don't know what to call it. I just, you know, I'm trying to think of, yeah. Baby chick has two dads. They could kind of, they could maybe, yeah. Play off of that? I play off of that, I don't know. I don't even know. They didn't even say what the sex of the baby chick was yeah. in this article. Yeah. They said it was fuzzy. 
that doesn't <laughs> maybe that's really what they're trying to say. too much yeah the two males were exemplary in every aspect of egg care okay. the zoo said adding that the males took turns protecting the egg before it hatched so they were on it wow this makes me feel good about men i think it's just you know yeah. we're always being told that we're not nurturing right yeah right come on yeah yeah give me a break here give me give me a break <laughs> give me a break. You know, it's true. Epic man today? Is that no, what it is? No, but... Give me a break. No, but the, I get it. You are correct, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I think obviously men can be nurturing, and, and it's just a, there's sort of a... Uh, well, we've been stereotyped. Yeah, not stereotyped. That way. I do think there is some t- something to the, you know, machismo tough guy image that's been cultivated in Western culture that makes uh, people... We had a club the wolves to death when they were attacking the village. Yeah. Well, there you go. A lot of times we were kind of, that was our job. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where we were pushed into that type of behavior by the goddamn women. So they made us do it. Did you ever run into a feral pig? No. I can't, I can't say that I have. Feral pig. That would, you know, I'd be crazy. I have heard that they can be quite. How feral. about feral cats? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, actually. You and I actually have a shared experience with feral cats. Yeah, but, but the cat that we uh, ended well, I, up with was right. not the feral cat. Right, right. She rejected our little right. cat, Uma, yeah. who stayed in a uh, office that we had for many years. Right, but... She just let herself in and stayed there. Yeah, that's true. But the, around the building, there yeah. were quite a few. Lots of feral and cats. And I saw... I, that was what's... I, I grew up in a very suburban environment i was yeah. used to seeing feral cats i really i guess i knew of them but i'd never seen them in action and yeah. it's, it's sad actually to see how angry well, they can be yeah i mean they really are uh i have a very long feral cat story but oh. i don't want to get and maybe for another time okay. All right. maybe, for another. maybe instead of mike's rant it could be nathan's feral, feral cat, cat story, story? Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe okay <laughs> How about just a, a wild boar? Do you ever run into a wild boar? Not, I haven't been in any boar country of yeah. late, so no, I can't say that I've been in... Maybe at a KUCI party. Well, that... <laughs> yeah. But other than that... No, I... No. Uh-uh. Don't, I don't, did. You, don't you have to be in Southeast Asia to run into a wild boar or something? No, it was Catalina Island I ran oh, into that's some... that's right, that's right. I was just walking around. It was kind of high brush. Okay. And all of a sudden, in front of me, yeah. All of a sudden, in front of me, the brush started moving around real fast. Yeah. And yeah, there were these wild boars there that were looked a little bit threatening. Yeah. They didn't like us being there. Yeah. And in fact, I forgot about it until now, they, they came and visited our camp. We were on the other side of the island, okay. not on the legal side, but back then it was. You could sneak over you there. You could sneak over yeah. there. Okay. All right. And they raided our camp. And there was squealing and, yeah. and panic. <laughs> the thing about wild pigs that yeah. I do know is they are a very pernicious species. When they move into an area, yeah. they really de- they just level whatever yeah. is basically around them. Speaking of which, yeah. from the New York Times, a proposed California law would make it easier to hunt feral swine. Okay. The voracious super invaders that are the bane of some East Bay na- suburbs right now. Okay. 
The feral swine there are tearing up lawns, ripping through golf course fairways. Oh, that's... But I do that. You've gone too far now. Oh, no, that's my kind of hog right there. (laughs) And they're threatening the drinking water. They're just standing by the drinking water, you know, (laughs) issuing mild threats. Go ahead, make my day. Yeah, Yeah. go ahead, drip on me. (laughs) See what happens then. And disturbing the harvests at Napa Vineyards. Oh, well... (laughs) <laughs> Many Californians hey. want them dead, these yeah. feral pigs. Yeah, because it's money. They're a pest to just about everybody and everything, <laughs> said Eric Sklar, a member of the California Fish and Game Commission who strongly supported a bill introduced last month in the state legislature that would make it easier for hunters to kill feral pigs. I don't know what it would do exactly. They didn't explain that a whole lot. Make it easier. They would just not find them for killing wild pigs. Yes. They wouldn't, like, hand them rifles or anything (laughs) like that. For decades, feral swine, with their knife-sharp tusks that protrude from their snouty mouths, have torn up fields of corn, peanut, and cotton in wide areas of Texas in the south, causing what the U.S. Department of Agriculture estimates is, I get this, $2.5 billion of damage every year. Wow. A military fighter jet was wrecked several decades ago after a collision with two wild pigs on a runway in Florida. (laughs) Weighing hundreds of pounds, the piggies can be extremely dangerous and in rare cases have attacked and killed humans. Now in what one federal official has called a feral swine bomb. Yeah, feral swine bomb. The pigs are threatening states north and west. In California, 56 of the state's 58 counties have wild pigs, including here in Orange County. Really? Yeah, we got some. Wild hogs are running rampant in Corona, which is just to the east of us. And residents say it's becoming a growing problem that's posing a threat to the safety of families and pets all across the area there in Corona. Hundreds of pigs have invaded the creek beds that feed into the San Leandro Reservoir up north, which at certain times provides drinking water for Oakland, Piedmont, Alameda, Hayward, and other East Bay cities. Swine can harbor dozens of diseases, including E. coli, leptospirosis, uh, toxoplasmosis, and salmonella. Officials are concerned that the water supplies could become contaminated if confronted by angry hogs. Yeah, you're walking down the street. Yeah. And there's an angry hog. An angry hog. You should stand on top of a car or shimmy up a tree. Just get high because pigs can't climb. Pigs can't fly. We've heard, I know that for a fact. That's true. Yeah, but they that's have true. to... And if you, wow. Yeah, that's something well, you should know, Mahler. Well, it, yeah, pigs can't climb. He's not afraid. He's he's a brave soul. I saw a, a beautifully done short documentary film about the toxic pigs of Fukushima in the aftermath of the tidal, not tidal wave, but the disaster of the meltdown of the nuclear power plants and the tsunami that swept through. The, these pigs have moved into that area and have devastated it for the yeah. few people that remain truly put their lives in danger. They're already in danger for being in a radioactive area, but nonetheless, it's become a huge problem in Fukushima area. Well, they don't call them pigs for nothing. That's right. If this news frightens you, may I recommend a donation to KUCI to give you comfort? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial free, free form, free speech, 
Free Pig Radio, KUCI, 88.9 FM. Yeah, mother. From Scientific American. Like much of the world's megafauna, sea turtle populations experienced a dramatic decline during the 20th century. Commercial trawlers caught turtles as bycatch, and beach communities built condos on turtle nesting grounds. But thanks to a monumental effort, uh, sea turtles along the Atlantic coast of the United States have reversed their downward spiral. Good. Uh, through properly enforced policy and management, U.S. citizens protected beaches, enacted lighting ordinances, and changed the way they fished. Since the 1990s, trawlers in U.S. waters have been legally required to use nets that protected turtles. A multi-agency land acquisition effort in 1991 resulted in the establishment of the Archie Carr National Wildlife Refuge in Florida, whose beaches are home to 20 to 35 percent of loggerhead and green turtle nests in the United States. Coastal towns regulated the use of artificial lighting that confused turtles. And there's nothing worse than a confused turtle. <laughs> the revolts have been staggering. Okay. I'm not staggered, but they've been good. They've been good results. Yeah. There are almost 4,000 loggerhead turtle nests in Georgia. There were almost 4,000 loggerhead turtle nests in Georgia in 2019. These are record numbers and roughly triple the average nest count over the last three decades. The return of loggerheads is impressive, but the green turtle revival, that sounds like a, uh, you know, like a, a rock album, the green turtle <laughs> revival. <laughs> It does. Think? it does. Anyway, their revival is even more mind-blowing. Okay. Lay it on me. Are you ready to have yeah. your mind blown? I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. There were fewer than 300 nests in 1989 at 27 of the main beaches in Florida, where the animals come to lay eggs. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. 27 of uh, the beaches, 300 nests. In 2019, that number reached 41,000. What? Yeah. Mind blown. That is mind blowing. Yeah. And yeah. as the sea turtle population has grown once again, a byproduct of that rebound is the restoration of dune ecosystems. So not only do the turtles get a bonus, but the land around it gets a bonus too. The salty winds, unpredictable storms, and porous sands of coastal dune ecosystems make them fairly desolate places. When sea turtles lay their ping-pong ball-sized eggs, they unwittingly transfer energy and nutrients to plant life, regardless of how many eggs actually hatch. Each embryo is immersed in nutritious fluids and encased in a leathery calcareous shell. The developing young will absorb much of the nutrients, but dune plants welcome the bits of calcium left behind. Those eggs that fail to develop or hatch will provide even more of the supplement. With a protein shake of shell fragments and decomposing hatchlings, dune grasses stretch their root systems into ever-shifting sands. The result is a more stable dune system, and as Mahler can tell you, healthy dunes are nature's first defense against the rising seas and stronger storms That's right. that are expected from climate change. That's right. What a great story. Yeah, it's just like all-round good. Yeah. Save some turtles. Yeah. Save your ass. <laughs> Save your ass, yeah. yeah. I wonder if we could do that on other coastlines. I'm thinking of the Gulf Coast, which is being decimated by many of the 
the same the <clears throat> excuse me the same things you mentioned in the in that article about erosion and toxicity well, and all turtles that. are hatching eggs there there's something that's helping with the yeah. uh, flora and fauna that's being taken away yeah. yeah and perhaps maybe we could get them you know give them a couple of bucks and tell them that spring break down in um yeah. down in baton rouge or something and you know see what happens from new scientist a new global estimate of tree biodiversity suggests that there are about 9,200 tree species yet to be discovered. Say again? That, There's that many species yet to be discovered because most of the species are likely in the tropics, for one thing, and yeah. trees are hard to miss. They're also hard to quantify. They're not always easy to identify. Their crowns are hundreds of feet up, and many species look alike. So we got possibly 9,200 spe tree species yet to be discovered. Uh, searching for the new species will inform not only conservation, but basic evolutionary science of how and why species diversify and die out. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of uh, tree species, did you ever think you might be swallowed by a black hole? Mm, that's a great question that I've never <laughs> thought about in my life before. So I'll say just a, a big no on that one, just because I don't think I ever I considered do. it. It's one of the things I think about. Okay, all right. I'm standing here, you know, talking yeah. on a microphone. Yeah. And uh, suddenly yeah. there's a yeah. tear in the time-space continuum, and yeah. you're gone. That's right. And boom. Yeah. What, what happened to Nathan? He's gone. He got eaten by a black hole. Well, I think we'd all be gone. I don't think they have little think tiny <laughs> black holes that just come take individuals out. Uh, okay, go ahead. Because I saw an article about speculating uh, speculating about the, yeah. the universe. Scientists, was, okay. So this is from Scientific okay. American. Okay. Scientists have announced the first ever unambiguous discovery. In other words, unmistakable, no other interpretation of a, of a free-floating black hole, yeah. a rogue hole. Oh, wow. Some 5,000 light years from Earth. This discovery may be just a start. Ongoing surveys and upcoming missions are expected to find dozens or even hundreds more rogue holes. There you go. The rogue hole is moving at about 45 kilometers per second, which is relatively fast compared to, to Mahler, you know, <laughs> uh, or to nearby stars, too. Okay. The exact sort of thing you'd expect if the black hole had been given an ejecting kick from a dying massive star. Yeah. It gets that little boost when yeah, it's yeah. finally making the hole. It's not clear when that event would have happened, but it may have been somewhere close to 100 million years ago. Okay. This black hole. So right. they're rogue. A lot of times black holes will come from clusters. Right. But this is like just one that's got off on its own and going well, all willy-nilly. I may be going into way too much rogue. detail here, but <clears throat> generally speaking, my understanding is that black holes suck things into them yeah. Because they're so so they're so densely packed with material that light can't escape. Hence the the moniker black hole. Okay. But they are bringing things inside of themselves. Yeah. If that's the right way to put it. In 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 their they're journey, sucking. they're sucking up uh -huh. whatever matter might be in front of them. Yeah. Okay. So does that mean that they that they're gonna that it's accumulating? stuff as it moves towards yeah. us, I guess. Or, uh -huh. Okay. Good to know. 
Yeah, in case you ever see a black if hole I anywhere, see, I, yes. you want to run the other way. No, I, I think it's like a tsunami. If you see one, it's already too late. I don't think that's the deal. You don't see them. Well, that would be Yeah, right. they You're sneak. Right. Come yeah, on, because they're black holes. They're black holes, of course. Speaking of outer space, Mike, did you ever want to be aboard the International Space Station? <laughs> These are questions that are... I would say yes. Oh, just take a wild stab. I would say no. I'm just giving it a if little I could bit of shoot time. you up there right yeah, now. Yeah, I would say yes for a week. I'd, I'd yeah, I'd go up there for a for a vacay. You oh, know, come for, on. yeah. You'd have to do space station stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe I'd dig it. You know, I imagine racquetball would be pretty fun in a space station. I don't think they have courts up there. Oh, right? Okay. Damn it. They might. Huh. From the Washington Post, the International Space Station can't stay in orbit forever. Okay. Yeah, you know sense. that. They're yeah. 250 miles above us. Yeah. Just spinning around there. Yeah. yeah. Which is why NASA has shared updated plans outlining when, where, and how the huge station will fall to Earth. Oh, great. The station, which launched in 2000, is 356 feet from end to end. It's a football field long. Yeah. So that's a big station. That's a big station. And here's the plan. Okay. In January 2031, the station will plunge into the waters of Point Nemo. That's where it's going down. It's an uninhabited part of the Southern Pacific Ocean where spacecraft and satellites go to die. Or as NASA calls it, deorbit. So they, they're able to manipulate the orbit in such a way they have a pretty yeah, good, they have idea a good idea place where, where it's going oh, down. Okay. All right. Some analysts call the remote location of Point Nemo the spacecraft cemetery. Okay. Others refer to it as the loneliest place on Earth. Yeah. Okay. I assume it's. I like that name. It's as far away from any sort of land as you can get. I, I think you know if they had a. Would you go have your vacation at the loneliest place on Earth? Well, if I stayed on the space station long enough, yeah, I guess I would. Be. No, I mean like, if you had a choice of going, oh. say, to like, I don't know, Florida. No. Or the loneliest place on Earth. I'd I would rather go say, to the loneliest place on Earth yeah, than there Florida. You go. If you give that, that's the choice. The yeah. nearest mainland is sixteen hundred and seventy miles away. Yeah. So you'd have to float like on a, you know, inflatable or something. Right. You can't get further away from land than Point Nemo. There you go. And for what it's worth, in 2018, 250 to 300 space space spacecraft were believed to be buried there. So in this Nemo's has life. been going on. Yeah, wow. it's been going wow. on. And that's where the International Space uh, Station is going. Well, I mean, you know, at some point, maybe it becomes like a, like a Vermo, Verbo, what's the, or a Airbnb. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And then maybe the last two weeks or so, they start shooting people up there because it's going to be gone. You know. To the space station? Yeah. Thinking. Well, you don't want to be in it when it's going well, down. Well, it's, it's assuming that you can get off of it. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. How do you get off of it? Well, you wait until just before it hits the ocean. And yeah. then you jump you as high out. as you can. Yeah. And then you'll be fine. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us on the web at KUCI.org or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9. If they're still around. Mm-hmm. You know, would they lose like $300 billion? <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. You yeah, know, that's yeah. A meta. Did they lose that much? That's good yeah. news. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's news yeah one day. Boom. Because they were in cryptocurrency, I bet, or some... No, they're just, just, they're just tanking. They're able. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're they losing deserve. business. Good. On yeah. our Tumblr blog, you can get in touch with us at kuciradio.tumblr.com or on Twitter and Instagram at KUCI 
FM. From CNET. I remember going to CNET like years ago. That was one of the first sites. Never been. Oh, oh, you've oh been the there. site. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was thinking of calling for one of those Vegas. Cons- Never mind. I'm sorry. Vegas. Yeah, the CES. I was. That's where my mind went. The Consumer Electronic. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. sorry. When EFF you said CNET. and all that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. CNET. Yeah, yeah. That's a good site. It used to be. A federal appeals court upheld California's net neutrality law, rejecting an attempt by broadband industry trade groups to prevent the state from enforcing it. Good. The ruling is the latest twist in a decades-long battle to put in place rules for the Internet. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, in a three-to-nothing vote, upheld a previous ruling, which means the state can continue to enforce the law. California adopted the new rules in 2018 after Ajit Pai, you remember him? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, uh, he, yeah. He, he headed horrible. the Republican-led Federal Communications Commission. Absolutely. In 2017, they repealed federal rules that had been established during the Obama administration. Yeah. Telecom and broadband industry groups had sued to get the state law thrown out, arguing that since federal net neutrality protections were dismantled, the state had no jurisdiction to regulate broadband service. But the court ruled that since the FCC, as part of its repeal of net neutrality protections, reclassified broadband as an information service rather than a telecommunication service, it abdicated its authority and therefore couldn't preempt the state law, which includes 2018 California law, SB 8822. So they effed up. Yeah, they did. Ajit Pai effed up. They could have done this if they hadn't reclassified the FC, the um, the protections. You know, all of the stuff with the internet could go away with the, with the swipe of a pen if they reclassified it, which is what it is, a public utility. Yeah, that's what it needs to be. Once, once that's done, so many of these issues can be addressed in a way that's meaningful. Privacy, yeah. Uh, you know, all kinds of things that are related to the Internet that currently suck could be taken care of in, a, in an equitable way. These guys can still make money. We have a level of protection. gives us an opportunity to be master of our own fate. Uh-huh. Instead, they don't. California's law, which codifies federal protections that were thrown out in 2017, bans Internet service providers from slowing down or blocking access to websites or applications. It also prohibits broadband companies from charging fees to companies to deliver their service faster than a competitor's service. Which is all the things that they promised they would never do. They do. They throttle back your service if you don't pay them a a little more money. Yes. And all the... Bastards. Yeah, they are. They're bastards. Can we say that? What? Bastards. We can say that on the air. Can we say that, Molly? Okay. Yeah. All right. We just did. Yeah. Hmm. It's okay by him. Yeah, I didn't think. Yeah. From Ocula Magazine. Ocula. Ocula Magazine. Ed. The U.S. General Services Administration, or as I like to call it, the GSA, <laughs> okay. has announced updates to its Arts in Architecture program, which commissions visual art displayed in federal buildings. Okay. The new rule removes jurisdictions on subjects, themes, and styles that excluded many artists from consideration. Public art is for the people, and we want to make sure our public spaces reflect the rich diversity and creativity that strengthens and inspires them. Uh, That's what uh, Robin Carnahan said. He's the GSA administrator there, or a GSA administrator. 
The, chain, the change unwinds the Trump administration's executive order building and rebuilding monuments to American heroes. Uh-oh. This already sounds bad. Which was issued, well, that was bad. That happened, we reported on this yeah, one. Yeah, it happened yeah, yeah. back in 2020 yeah. when it was issued in response to attacks on sculptures by of racist jackholes. Yes, Remember yes. when they were tearing those down? Yep. Black Lives Matter people were... Uh, organizing events like that, or and they yeah. would participate in it, and that frightened the Trump administration. Yes, it did. Because they didn't like to have their statues of their racist heroes Toward taken them. down. Yeah. The Trump order required any work commemorating historically significant Americans to be a lifelike representation of that person, not some abstract or modernist representation. Trump. <laughs> It also mandated that works depicting America's founders, former presidents, leading abolitionists, and the people who discovered America should be prioritized. Okay. I'm all right with that. Trump, well, I don't know discovered America. That probably means they would have had Christopher Columbus and... Well, everything else, Yeah, he said. Trump planned a National Garden of American Heroes to display these sculptures, but no concrete steps were taken. Because they, because he just wanted statues of himself. That's why well, because it was just BS. Yeah, too. it was BS too, mm -hmm. right? And Biden revoked his executive orders relating to that garden in May of 2021. Biden also asked for Trump appointees to the commission to the U.S. Commission on Fine Arts to tender their resignations. Yeah. In February of 2021, the Biden administration knocked down another Trump rule which required federal buildings to be constructed in the classical style oh, favored by Nazis. That's right. Yeah. I remember that story. That's yeah. right. Favored yeah. by Nazis. Yes. Yeah. You, you know what I remember about this? I don't, I don't think, we just quickly, no, 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 I don't no, think no. that, that doesn't mean that the Trump administration was necessarily yeah. Nazi, but it says something about the type of people that like this type of classical architecture. It's a great style, but to make it, to mandate that that's all you can build. Yes, to, is, to make uh, it the official policy of the fatherland. Yeah, To exactly. do it that way is not a, such a good idea. I come back to, this is a little bit off subject, but uh, maybe not. John Ashcroft. Mm. Remember him? He, he was standing oh, yeah. in front of the, the justice, the statue oh, yeah. for justice. Oh, she had and the... she had an exposed uh, breast yeah. or two. Maybe. Lady Liberty there. Or whatever Lady, yeah. it was, and he, the he, justice statue with uh, uh, the scale. Yeah, I think, yeah. And and he put a, he put a, uh, something. A they had it covered up somehow. Cloth over it. So yeah, you couldn't whole... see the one bare breast of a stone statue. Because there would be rioting in the streets. And I mean, that's be... a whole different thing, though. Yeah, I, okay. All right. I mean, It just reminded that, me. That's... Public art, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. That's right. really yeah. uh, deep neurotic Christian it is. fear. It is. It is. It's a, it's a very Philip Roth kind of approach to public policy. Well, yeah. Philip Roth would... He'd be jumping on that statue. <laughs> That's kind of where I was going. Philip Roth. <laughs> Mother, what's this Philip Roth thing about? <laughs> uh, now we're trying to introduce a little bit of culture to this program, okay? From Texas Public Radio, the National Butterfly Center in Mission, Texas, yeah. announced it's closing its doors for the immediate future after ongoing harassment directed at employees and the center itself by radical right-wing lunatics. 
It's the wing nuts versus the butterflies is what's going on here. <laughs> My money's on the butterflies. The center, a nonprofit nature reserve nestled near the U.S.-Mexico border, oh, I think I know. unwittingly became the subject of a conservative cons of conservative conspiracy I theories know. and political conflicts in recent years, having been locked in a years-long battle with the Trump administration and we build the wall regarding a planned border wall. Yep. Some Q fanatics accused the center of being involved in a child trafficking operation. Of course they did. These are people out there trying to protect a butterfly population. Can you imagine? You dedicate your life to this little niche. That's right. And you think you're going to do some good. And these jackasses come and accuse you of child molestation. I know. Is there a tipping point, Nathan? Is there, in fact, a point at which most people with an IQ above room temperature will stop believing this. Is it possible for yeah, that to happen? Know. The harassment grew so great that it led the board of directors of the North American Butterfly Association, which owns and operates the Butterfly Center, <sighs> to close the center's doors. Jesus. The National Butterfly Center filed a lawsuit in 2017 after the Trump administration began construction of a wall using chainsaws to destroy trees and other plant life on center-owned property without permission. The 100-acre property is home to lush gardens and endangered plant life, as well as nature trails that wind through the natural habitats of the more than 200 species of butterflies that live there. If efforts to build a border wall on the center's property were to continue, it would greatly damage the environment and potentially harm numerous endangered species, the center said. It also it would also essentially leave the center's property divided. It would just blast right through the center of it. In a public statement, the center cited credible threats it was made aware of in relation to We Stand America, a right-wing rally set to be happening uh, in uh, set for uh, McAllen, Texas, is what's yeah. going to be happening. You mean, yeah? We you... still. This is the Butterfly Center talking here. We still can't believe we are at the center of this malstorm of malevolence rising in the United States. Right. And that's true. You have this yeah. fine little organization that's getting absolutely beaten down by people with no brains at all. Yeah. and well, I guess that's the way it usually happens. Yeah, but. and it does. And Just the, the idea of just how far people are willing to take something that just doesn't make any sense. There's no really, it's not tethered to any kind of normal sense of reality. It is just out of whole cloth, something that yeah. ma was made up and now people are running around destroying the countryside, destroying life in order to maintain it. Maintain To maintain the illusion, the, yeah. yeah, of whatever it is they believe. From NPR. Tesla is recalling nearly 54,000 cars and SUVs because their full self-driving software lets them roll through stop signs. Ooh. Yeah. They don't come to a complete stop. They do the old California roll. Yeah. Recall documents say that Tesla will dis disable the feature over a, uh, with an over-the-internet software update. The rolling stop feature allows vehicles to go through intersections with four-way stop signs at up to 5.6 miles per hour. They actually programmed this into the car. You would think if you had a car yeah. that was following the rules of the road, it would get to a stop sign and stop. Well, is that because most people do the California 
Yeah, you know, they're, and they think I don't that know that's something that's a default for people. Well, you can get a ticket for it. Yes, yeah. you can, but I mean, why would you make that a default exactly. in your software? Uh, Tesla agreed to the recall after two meetings with officials from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Jonathan Atkins, executive director of the Governor's Safety Association, said he's not surprised that Tesla programmed vehicles to violate state laws. They keep pushing the bounds of safety to see what they can get away with, and they've really been pushing a lot, he said. Each time, it's just a little bit more egregious. It's good to see the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is pushing back. You know, the most distressing thing about that story is that it took two meetings. Yeah, I know. I saw that. Too, yeah. Two? What the oh, hell? Come on. You violated the law here. You programmed something to violate the law. <laughs> it's in the software. What else do we need to... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. From the Associated Press, the water contained in California's mountain snow is now lower than the historical average after a January without significant rain or yeah. snow. Yeah. It's a dramatic reversal from December that demonstrates the state's challenges in managing its water supply. The extremely wet December followed by a dry January was strikingly similar to previous months, which included a very wet October followed by a dry November. The whipsaw effects of the weather and precipitation were illustrated by the situation on the Nevada side of Lake Tahoe in Reno, in Reno which had zero participa precipitation the entire month of January for the first time in recorded history. Yeah. That came months after the city experienced its wet wettest October since the National Weather Service began keeping records in 1893. Meanwhile, officials at the State Water Con Resources Control Board announced that Californians met governor with uh, Governor Gavin Newsom's call. They met his call for a voluntary 15% reduction in water use in December. Great. So I guess we're doing good. We could do a lot better. We could, and we, that's great. But let's be honest, most of the water in this state is mostly used by agriculture, yeah. who has made it a mission to try and use as much water because... There are allocation rules and regulations that incentivize them to go out and use more water than they need. If they don't, they'll lose their allocation. So we have got to start addressing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By the way, when I just real quick, when I was working at Public Works, I worked there eight years, and for the first four or five, it always rained on February first. Mm -hmm. Always rained for that uh, dates around them. And the last two or three years before I left, and now it's a, it's normal. There, there's no rain in February now. That used to be the rainiest month here. Yeah. yeah. And now, a little cat story. <laughs> From the Telegraph. Almost half the cats in the UK, United Kingdom, are obese, with more than 50,000 suffering from diabetes. The Royal Veterinary College is calling on owners to sign up their overweight cats to a study trying to reverse diabetes. <laughs> The pilot program puts cats with diabetes on a calorie-restricted diet, and the trial has so far been successful since it began last March, with three-quarters of diabetic felines going into remission. Oh, that's, that's great news. Experts fear the COVID pandemic has fueled the problem of fat cats because yeah. people have been sitting at home feeding their cats extra treats that's... during the day. Yes. Yeah, Muller would like an extra treat right now. Wouldn't you, Muller? Wouldn't you, boy? Huh? Yeah. Huh? Well, yeah. Another... How about a how about a cat? <laughs> yeah. Muller could really help him out. Yeah, I know Muller. And finally, from United Press International. 
You know, this uh, Sunday is the big celebration there in uh, England, speaking of the UK and all that. It's the uh, Queen's Jubilee. Okay. Yeah, she's 70 years of being a queen. And being a That's queen. a long time to be a queen. It's <laughs> a long time to be a queen. Oof. 70 years. Yeah. Tea sets, plates, and mugs produced to commemorate Queen Elizabeth's Platinum Jubilee were misprinted. <laughs> yeah. Website Wholesale Clearance said the dishes were made by a manufacturing company in China and were meant to be sold in British stores for the celebration of Elizabeth's 70th year as a queen. Oh, that's cool. Wholesale Clearance is selling the entire stock. You just get in touch with Wholesale Clearance for of 10,800 plates. That's a lot of plates. That's, yeah. Yeah, the plates, mugs, and tea sets, That was the too. total number produced was 10,000, whatever you said. Yeah, yeah okay. plates, mugs, and tea sets. Yeah. They're selling it for $43,817.76. Somebody's going to buy them all. Yeah. And corner the market, and they'll be up on eBay. Yeah, they'll be collector's items. Yeah, they'll be selling them for 10 times that much. They were pulled when the manufacturers discovered that Queen's Jubilee was misspelled as Queen's Jubilee. <laughs> you can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now. <laughs> <laughs>